It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by Price Picks. Price Picks is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week, you might be already in it, it might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland, for innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. In today's episode of the Locked On Pistons podcast, we bring a prominent face of the Houston Rockets community to talk about both the Pistons and the Rockets' young core. We'll talk a little Cade versus Jalen and obviously see which young core we believe is better moving forward. We'll talk about that in today's episode of the Locked On Pistons podcast. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Lockdown Pistons podcast. Per usual, I'm your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me over on Twitter at Kuka Hill. I want to thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. And if you haven't already, head to our YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons. Hit the subscribe button. We're on our way to 5,000 subscribers. The best way to support the podcast or if you're one of the many people who are listening to this on one of the podcast platforms, go to their rating system, whatever platform you're listening on. Leave a five-star review. That's another great way to support the podcast. I would really appreciate either way. So like I said, we're going to bring on a major face in the Houston Rockets community, talk about the Pistons and Rockets' young core and compare them to each other. Uh, but there's obviously something that happened over the last 24 hours that we have to talk about first just a little bit, and then we'll get on to the young core. I'm actually going to bring on our guest to talk about it with us. Roosh, you guys probably know him. From Twitter, if you're active on there at all, uh, Roosh, how you doing, man? Man, I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. Um, I'm excited to be here, and I just want to say, Pistons fans, I come in peace. It's all love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so we'll, we'll hit on that a little bit later. We'll, we'll hit on we'll hit on that message a little later. But I have to say, to start off the podcast, obviously the Pistons announced that the teal. You guys can see it on my hat if you're watching this on YouTube. The teal has returned. They're going to be making them uh, the teal jerseys. 
the alternate jersey for about, I think they said around 10 games this upcoming season. Everyone, it seems like a majority of people are really excited about it. I'm very excited about it. Uh, they're my favorite Piston jersey that in basically their history. I see a lot of people across the NBA fan base really excited about it. Roosters, I know you, we and you talked about it a little bit beforehand, but do you like the teal jerseys just real quick before we get started on our young course? Man, I love them. I think they're dope as hell. Look, I came up watching uh, 90s basketball, right? So I was, I remember, for for example, the Rockets, when they switched from like the traditional championship, you know, ketchup and mustard to like the, the rocket ship that had the teeth and all that. Like, I remember that whole switch, the Hawks, the Grizzlies, the Raptors, like it was crazy. And I love that era of Jersey, of uniform. And like, we've gotten really simplistic now, but it used to be so crazy and like detailed. So I love it, man. That, that shit reminds me of... Um, you know, Grant Hill, Joe Dumars, Lindsey Hunter, Jerry Stackhouse. Uh, I want to say Theo Ratliff, maybe. So probably. I love it. Yeah. And and Jerry Stackhouse, you mentioned him. he was part of the Pistons. I believe it was like a party at LCA. They did the revealing at he's the one who revealed this, uh, the jerseys to everybody there. So that was pretty cool. I'm a big fan of the teal jerseys. I think everybody under the age of 30 is uh, in the Piston area. I feel like it's just a lot of people. I may be wrong. If you simply just don't like how they look, then I can respect that. But the whole attaching the losing to the jersey, listen, the jersey doesn't give attribute boost. It doesn't take away people's attributes. It's just a jersey. It's supposed to look cool. And I think the teal jerseys look really cool. I'll be getting myself a few of them jerseys as soon as they come on sale. But anyways, let's get into the Pistons young core versus the Houston Rockets young core. And really, I shouldn't say versus because we're not going to sit here arguing about it. We're just going to go and talk about both teams who have developed a pretty – Pretty good young core amongst themselves. I feel like the Rockets have went a different route, obviously. Uh, they were a really damn great team for a large majority of this past decade with James Harden. Some of it was with Dwight Howard. Uh, but they were able to recover and, and and rebuild pretty quickly with their young core. The Pistons, obviously, has taken a pretty lo- a much longer time. But I think right about now, both teams feel pretty happy about where they're at uh, in their rebuild with their young cores. Uh, a lot of you guys listening, obviously, when the Pistons young core, you got Cade. Uh, Jay and Ivy, Jalen Duran, Sadiq, Isaiah Stewart, Killian, Livers, Bagley. There's about eight guys, I'd say, seven to eight guys for the Pistons Young Corps that fans feel really happy about. But the team that selected right after the Pistons in Cade's draft that got Jalen Green, it seems like you guys are also doing a pretty good job with your Young Corps. It feels like both teams, you know, one, obviously the Pistons got Cade, the Rockets got Jalen Green. I feel like a year later, both teams are happy with their selection. Would, would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. So look, I'm going to say something that, you know, if any Rockets fans are watching this, they'll probably get very upset about, but I think it's the truth. I think it's objectively the truth. And it's like, it's just not my opinion. It just is what it is. The Pistons have, I think the best prospect of the bunch, right? Um, I think in both this draft, this, this most recent one that happened and in obviously the last draft, I think Cade is objectively your number one overall pick. If the Rockets had that pick, they probably, I'm pretty sure they would have taken Cade. That being said, I am beyond happy and have no regrets about drafting Jalen Green because, man, it's starting to look like that whole draft class is just special, dude. Scotty Barnes, Evan Mobley, Cade, Jalen Green, you know, Josh Giddy, Franz Wagner. Like, these guys are ballers, right? So it's kind of one of those situations where you're looking at another player. Like, I could look at an Evan Mobley and be like, oh, man, what a great player. We missed out on that. And then I look over at Jalen Green and I think, but this guy's so good. (laughs) So what do I have to be upset about? So, yeah, man, Rockets are happy. Um, and then and then the Pistons, I mean, uh, what's his name? Jaden Ivey was just gifted to you, right? You, you guys yeah. probably felt down getting that fifth pick because, like, you got the worst of the odds, right? And But then you end up with a top four player in the draft 
who potentially in the future might be a top two or three guy in the draft, right? So it's a win-win, I think, for both sides. Yeah, I I, I want to say this. I want to give Jalen Green some credit because you kind you you kind of hinted at it a little bit earlier when and when you first came on. Uh, so when the draft initially happened, there was definitely some bad blood that went on between the Houston Rockets fans and Pistons fans. And for those of you guys who are aware, even me and Ruth started off on very bad terms. We we went at each other. It even happened like that. But as the time went on, we realized that was pretty dumb. And both guys are really damn good players. I feel like both of them, we were talking about this a little bit before the podcast, but both Cade and Jalen Green both started to come into their own more as the season continued to pro. I feel like both guys start off a little slow. I know Jalen Green, I think, had like a 30, 37 point like explosion, like his first five games. Uh, but over, I feel like both guys struggled a little bit moving uh, at the beginning of the season. But as the season picked up, both of them really started to go crazy. I know Jalen Green really played well after the All-Star break. Uh, and I know Cade really started to play well after he started to recover from his ankle injury that sidelined him for the beginning of the season. Um, I, 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 I just want to give credit to Jalen Green because I do think Jalen Green's a pretty damn good player. I think he's going to become a really good player um, in this league. I think Cade is too. Um, but like you said, man, th- that draft, I think every team in that top five, even heck, top five, top six, is probably happy about who they have. They're, they're really happy with who they drafted, and that gr- draft class seems to be really stacked. So Pistons have Cade leading the way for their teams. Uh, I'm, I'm sure the Houston Rockets fans agree with you that they feel very confident about Jalen Green leading the way for you guys as well. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> excuse me, Cade was my rookie of the year personally. Um, I just thought that, A, the numbers were, were great. Obviously, his efficiency was down a little bit. But, you know, like you kind of suggested, these guys came on late. And I just want to say, I think we've gotten into the instant gratification era where somebody comes out and, and doesn't play well for two or three weeks, and we forget that, like, they're 19 or 20 years old in their first NBA games. And and maybe we can use these guys to, rem- to remind ourselves, like, hey, Jalen Green started out up and down and up and down, and then he took off. Cade came out a little rocky, and then he took off, right? And Cade was carrying the load as the do-it-all guy, um, you know, for a, a team, for one of the worst teams in the NBA, which is hard to do, right? So that was that's a big part of why I had him for rookie of the year. Cause I mean, I, I, his, his play was impressive. The leadership was impressive, the numbers, and then he got better and you could just see it. But yeah, man, I mean, you, you talked about it, right? Jalen green had some, some choice words about uh, not going to Detroit or whatever it was. And we got into it, um, which was just stupid. Cause like these guys are going to be the class of the league for years to come. You know what I'm saying? Um, I mean, I, like Jalen green, or I'm sorry, Cade, like I said, is a do it all guy, right? So you guys have your go-to heliocentric style player if that's what he ends up being not saying he will right um but you have like the engine that's going to make your team run probably for the next eight years right and that's super exciting because now you can build around it and i think you're doing a cool job of it um you're getting big men right you've got uh duran you've got isaiah stewart you got marvin bagley maybe at some point you guys got to figure out you know which two of those three are going to stick around um or can you run like a center power forward and then the other one's a backup big or whatever? Generally, those situations are hard to play out, but you have a ton of talent up top to choose from and to cultivate and develop. Obviously, you have Cade, as we've discussed. Um, and then you have Jaden Ivey, who could be this extremely exciting combo guard. I got I, the Pistons are one of my league pass teams because I'm so excited to see how Cade and Ivy fit together. It's like this interesting, you know, fit. And then you've got freaking, I'm not high on Killian Hayes, which we'll talk about. But you've got um, Bay, you know, who, who can be like a prototypical 6'7", just wing. So you're filling in really important positions, right? You've got Biggs. You've got your point guard, your de facto point guard wing and Cade. You've got, um, like I just said, Ivy, who can also handle the ball and also score. You've got a wing. 
in Bay. Like, it, I don't know. I, I, I think it's fun. Uh, I'm excited to see what the Pistons do this coming season. Yeah, I think at the very least, the Pistons will be fun. Uh, and I've said that many times in the podcast. They may not be very good, but I definitely think they're going to be one of the more fun teams in the league. And that's very exciting. Um, when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about the Houston Rockets. You, you're giving a lot of praise and a lot of love to the Pistons. There are a few guys in the Rockets I also very much like, but I want to do that when we come back from the ad break. But first, I had to tell you guys about a little bit of what one of our sponsors, BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your sports betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games this season. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information. From live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts, they have you absolutely covered. Head to BetOnline today to use your mobile device to learn more about their trends and action today. And if you guys go over to BetOnline.net right now, I don't know if this is just changing because of the recent rumors, but right now the, the leaders in odds to win the championship next season is the Boston Celtics. Now, we've obviously heard the, the rumors about KD possibly being traded there. I don't know if that's skewing the odds a little bit. I think that's a little unlikely. I don't know if I agree with the odds makers over there with that one, but that's the kind of thing you can already do at BetOnline.net. The season just ended. You can still get a head start next season. Again, head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about their trends in action today. BetOnline, where the game starts. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. File with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons. Hit that subscribe button. It's the best way to support the podcast or leave a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you are listening to this to. That's another great way to support the podcast. So Bruce just spent a long time, excuse me, giving a lot of credit to the Pistons young core. And of course we all love that. And we're all in Detroit pretty happy about our young core and what it looks like moving forward. But I do want to give some credit to the Houston Rockets. There's a few guys on that team that I'm really interested in as well. Obviously Jalen Green, I think he can be, one of the best scorers in the entire NBA with his three-level scoring and blend with athleticism and explosiveness. You definitely saw that start to really come together and blossom in the second half of the season last year. By the way, uh, I, I know, mean, you talked about this a few months ago when the whole thing was going off about Herb Jones versus Jalen Green for the all-rookie first team. I'm with you guys. I think it's Jalen Green. I, I thought it was pretty – I understand defense matters, and he's a really damn good defensive player in Herb Jones, but Jalen Green was – was doing some pretty special things after the All-Star break. I'm not going to lie. So Jalen Green, really like him. I really like Alperun Segun. I feel like he's one of the only other big men outside of Nikola Jokic who can make some of the passes at that big man position. Got really nice vision, really nice passing talent. Uh, and there's another player, obviously Jabari Smith, which you guys just drafted, 
Uh, I'm not reading too much in his shooting struggles at Summer League. I've seen guys dominate Summer League and not do good in the next level. I've seen guys struggle at Summer League and do a great job at the next level. And I thought he looked pretty good defensively as well in Summer League. So it's Summer League. It doesn't matter too much. But Jabari Smith, the top draft pick this year. You guys got Ty Ty Washington. One of the guys I actually want to ask you about or ask you about is um, Kevin Porter Jr. Because I've seen a lot of arguments about him. The Pistons community actually is very, very aware of him and, and, and interested in him because they had the chance to draft him at 30 in his draft, and they decided against it and actually traded that pick to Cleveland uh, to be able to draft him. They decided against it. A lot of us want uh, the Pistons to draft him. Obviously, he goes to Cleveland. He has some off-the-court issues. He has some blow-ups in the locker room. He ends up going to Houston. I know he's had a few blow-up games. Uh, I'm sure you would be able to comment on if he's had more than just a few blow-up games, but I know there's a few games that have like went across nationally on NBA Twitter amongst fan base. I know he's had a big triple-double before. Uh, he's had a, a big scoring games. But still, it sounds like in your guys' community, at least from what I'm watching, that he's still on the, I don't know if he's a part of this moving forward kind of thing. What, what's your guys' thoughts with Kevin Porter Jr.? I think while it's not really concerning the Pistons, I feel like Pistons fans are actually pretty interested in it because a lot of guys – argue about still was he did the Pistons pass up on a potential talent or did they dodge a bullet just where, where do you guys feel about Kevin Porter Jr. right now yeah I'm really really intrigued that you brought this up actually so I'm gonna do you opened up Pandora's box so I'm gonna do my best no, no. to <laughs> to synthesize it and, and get it to you succinctly and quickly but if I'm if I'm you know just feel free to hop in whenever and cut me off if you have any questions or okay, any comments go ahead. <laughs> so KPJ is tough man um I'll start with in Cleveland he had an incident where I think he got pulled over and had like weed, which I personally don't care about that, but that's obviously against the law. So, you know, it's an issue. Um, and he had a loaded gun. I don't know if it was illegal or if it shouldn't have been loaded, something like that. And then there was also an incident where allegedly he like punched a girl. It wasn't a domestic issue. It was apparently his sister was like getting jumped or something and he jumped in something like that. I don't know exactly, but so to his credit, at least it wasn't like a Miles Bridges situation. I don't, you know, but so that happened. Then he had the blow up in Cleveland over like, I think they traded, got Torian Prince. Torian Prince took his lock or something, got something happened. He got pissed off. Cleveland traded him for basically nothing. The Rockets traded a 56, uh, a top 56 protected pick. Okay. So the, the pick only conveys to Cleveland if it lands 57, 58, 59, or 60. All right. So it's like bag of chips. Okay. Yeah. So the investment in Kevin Porter Jr. was nothing. It was, it was little, I mean, zero, but um, and then he comes over and he, I mean, he, he plays well, right. Had some ups and downs as a rookie, but had a 50 point uh, 11 assist game against the bucks to end that season in the COVID season. And, and they won that game. And everyone in Houston was like, Holy shit, we found the next guy. This is it. Right. Then this last season up and down, right. Um, the, the outbursts were real. I mean, he hopped in his whip at halftime and drove home. Okay. I, I don't know if y'all know that, but like he did that. And, I've had my blowups just like anyone else. I can feel it from an anger management perspective, but from the perspective of like, what other basketball player have you ever heard of that has ever done that? It's kind of <laughs> like, who, who the hell does that, right? Like imagine that we joke on Rockets Twitter, we'll be like, yo, imagine you're driving home and you look over at the stoplight, it's that 50 cent meme, but it's Kevin Porter Jr. You know, where he's just like, <laughs> it's like, what? You know? So so those were real. And then there were also other smaller incidents, things like he would he would roll his ankle every like seven or eight games, just roll his ankle, limp and hobble and then he'd get subbed out and sometimes he'd get pissed off about it as if he was saying like nah i'm good but then he'd come back in and keep limping just little things like that where you're like dog what are you doing like 
I mean, if you're hurt, sit. If you're not, hoop. But you can't be limping out there playing point guard, right? And then you, and then it goes to things like, is he the point guard? The big debate is, is he a point guard? A lot of people think he is. A lot of people think he isn't. He has point guard skills. He hasn't yet flashed, or he hasn't yet shown full ability to process a defense and make the right reads and break a defense down like a point guard, at least for a full season. He's shown flashes. Um, and then on the other hand of it, Christian Wood, which Pistons fans know all about Christian Wood, yep. but Christian Wood uh, did not play the last seven games of the season, right? And when Christian Wood did play, there's all this history with Christian Wood coming because of Silas and Silas appeasing Christian Wood, and it just threw everything out of whack. So Christian Wood sat the last, last seven games of the season. And I have the numbers in front of me, but Kevin Porter Jr. went off. Okay. He averaged 28.7 points a game, seven and a half dimes, seven rebounds a game on 48% from the field, 21 and a half shots per game, which is not sustainable. And it's not what you want from, you know, you want your guys to get the ball. So I understand that. But, um, and then 40% from three on 11 attempts per game. So, and his turnovers were at three. So he went off also a steal and a half per game. And, it, and if you go back and watch those games, I mean, he had a couple moves where he broke ankles and like, I mean, he he looked, it really looked like Harden part two. And it was like, yo, wow, we, we got this guy for basically nothing. And so the debate is, A, you know, how much of that is real? How much of it was the end of the season against some bad teams, some decent teams, you know, how much of it's sustainable, whatever. Um, that's part one. Part two is, is he going to keep having these outbursts or does he have it under control? Right. Cause this can't keep happening, especially because the Rockets are about to have to spend big money on him to re up him, which leads us to part three. He is a restricted free agent. And there's talk like the Rockets could extend him now, or they could let him go into free restricted free agency and, and test that market. But the gamble is if he still has issues, he's not going to have a market. And the question is, do the Rockets want to extend him anyways? The other part of that is if he doesn't have issues and he balls out, even half, you know, even a portion of what he did at the end of the season gives you like 17 and seven on decent efficiency or something like that. By the way, he led the league in catch and shoot three point percentage at 48, the whole league for the whole year. Um, the other, I didn't know that. That's interesting. Yeah. It's a huge development with his, with him because he was previously not a good shooter from three in terms of percentages. So to put a bow on it, if he has a season like that, you know, now you might be dealing with like $20 million offers per year. And so do you lock him up now and, and gamble on him getting it together? Or do you do you run that risk and, and let it play out? So that's the big debate. So if he hits, it's like, yo, him and Jalen Green, that's a backcourt. It's like a Cade and uh, Jaden Ivey, right? you got an explosive guard that scores. you got more kind of change of pace guard that can do it all. Obviously, I think Cade will be a better player, but you get the idea. So, so that's the debate, man. It's, it's hard to predict. I, I, honestly, I waffle on it every day. I've been running those last seven games back. Like I go to bed and I just watch those games just to see like, yo, was this a fluke or was he really breaking boys off? And he was, I mean, he was playing basketball, man. So it was hard. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of Pistons fans still regret not getting KPJ. He's definitely had his outburst off the, uh, off the court. Um, he's had his issues off the court. A lot of, a lot of baggage that has come with him throughout his career, but I'm not kidding. Even to this day, I'll see Pistons fans every now and then you like, you'll see ball life, tweet out some highlights for him. You'll see, ESPN tweet out some highlights from one of his games and you'll see Pistons fans in the comments. They're like, Oh, we, we passed up on him for, I think it was, I think it was for the rights to Davia Savitas and like a, a two second round picks. One of them turned into Davia Savitas basically. And all of them are always like, you'll still see it to this day. Like we, we passed up on this dude for Davia Savitas. So I wanted to just give a second to talk about that. Give you the chance. So everyone understands like where he's at 
what's going on with him. That, that's really interesting because I didn't know that. So I, I appreciate that. Yeah, the Pistons traded, uh, I believe it was John Luer to the Bucks, who had the 30th pick, I believe. Uh, they got the 30th pick. And then right when the 30th pick came around, everyone thought, okay, KBJ still here. The Pistons are going to get him. They didn't. They traded him uh, the pick away for seconds. And ever since then, you still see Pistons. I'm telling you, anytime you see some highlights from ESPN, scroll through, you'll see some Pistons fans pissed off in the comments. So it's interesting. Man. I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting for him. Obviously, I want to see him succeed. I know a lot of my boys are really like him. A lot of my boys have been saying for a while that he'll be good. So hopefully he figures it out. Uh, if he does, again, I think you guys got a really nice young core. Uh, obviously him, Jalen Green, Jabari Smith Jr., uh, Alperun Segun, and obviously you guys will keep adding to it. Uh, as he's going, just like, Yep, another one. And just, you guys will keep adding to it like the Pistons will. So, um, But when we come back, We'll get into the little nitty gritty and we'll start. We'll, we'll, we'll see if it's an argument. We'll see if we just have some fun. We'll see wh where we stay on who has the better future between these two young cores when we come back. But first, you guys got to hear from some of our lovely sponsors. Hey, guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast. And being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. So, I want to thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to our YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons. Hit that subscribe button. It's the best way to support the podcast. Or if you listen to one of the podcast platforms, Whatever platform it is, leave us a five-star review. That's another great way to support the podcast. All right, Roosh, so let's get into it. I'm sure people have been who have been listening to it thus far, they want to hear us argue. They want to hear us go at each other. Who's the best? Who's the best young core? Ours is better than yours. Yours is better than – they want to see it happen. So I'll start off. I think the Pistons have a better young core as of right now. I think – I'll give my argument and I'll let you go. 
I think the Pistons have a deeper young core right now. And I know you said you're not high on Killian Hayes. Trust me, Killian Hayes, I feel like is is our he, – he doesn't have off-court issues, but he's definitely the lightning rod of, of talk in the Pistons community. Like you say, KPJ is he's, – he's, that's what Killian Hayes is. He's a big topic. He's a big discussion point. People are – you either love him, believe he has it in him, or you think he's just hot trash and that this will be his last year with the Pistons. Like, there's basically no in-between with the dude. So, but – the Pistons have Cade. Like you said, they were able to get Jay and Ivy, which a lot of us did not think that he would fall 2-5. A lot of people think he'd be one of the best pro- – he's going to be one of the best prospects in this draft, or one of the best players. Uh, they added Jalen Duran to the team. Obviously, Sadiq Bey, who also had himself a 50-point game this past season, really started growing to his own after his uh, terrible start to the season, first 26 games. After that, played really well. Isaiah Stewart, who seems to be, at the very least – the type of big guy you want in a 16-game sample in the playoffs who can switch out on the perimeter guard guys in a switch-heavy system, avoid that mismatch problems. Uh, you got Marvin Bagley, who played really well for the Pistons when he came back. Isaiah Livers, a guy who seems like a perfect connector, a perfect glue guy who will just fit really I, – I wouldn't be shocked, and I've said this on the podcast, I wouldn't be shocked if he leaves the Pistons or they trade him. I feel like he's the type of guy that any team in the league would love to have, like their 7-9 through nine guy, a guy who comes in, gives you 20 minutes, just plays the right way. Uh, stretches the floor out, plays good defense, talks, etc. Uh, so I think the Pistons go like seven, eight deep with their young core. Um, I do believe they have the best process or the best uh, who's going to be the best player of between the two cores and Cade. I think Cade uh, will be the best player. Um, I think, but really though, I, while I think Cade's the best, I think it really comes down to, for me, I'm interested to see your, hear your argument, but to me, I think it really comes down to the fact I think the Pistons have a deeper one. I think the Pistons' young core, they're younger. They're more all around the age. I know I see uh, – and you can correct me if I'm wrong if you guys don't consider these players part of the young core, but Jay Sean Tate, he's a little bit older, 26. He's not old, but he's a little bit older. Um, so I feel like the Pistons guys all around the same age, I think like I feel like they go a little bit deeper with their young core, and I feel like the guy at the very top is will be the best player of, of both young cores. So that's my argument right now. But I'll give you the floor. Go ahead and, and, and give your argument for the Houston Rockets young core. Uh, definitely both the young core. I think both. I, th- I think people will agree, though, that both these teams are teams that, like, we want to watch. Like, even Pistons fans who had the bad blood for Houston for what Jalen Green said and got into the arguments, all this stuff, we like watching the Rockets play. They're fun. I, I, I would be lying if I said that Jalen Green isn't fun to watch. KPJ, when he's cooking, isn't fun to watch. Like, those guys are fun to watch. I think both these teams are going to be young cores that te- people like to watch and tune in to tune in to watch, even if they lose this upcoming season. So, wanted to give that. But you go ahead, and bring your argument for the Houston Rockets. Yeah. So, <clears throat> to kind of reiterate that, I mean, I, I do think Cade is probably the best player of of the batch of both young cores. And yeah, man, like when I was, you know, if the Rockets weren't playing and I flip on league league pass. I'm looking like, hey, is Detroit playing? Is Cleveland playing? Like, I want to watch these young guys play. So I think both teams, what's beautiful about the NBA and what's beautiful about the rebuild path that we've chosen, because don't forget, man, some teams don't don't go down this road. Some teams try to do like what the Pacers do, and they'll try to sign and trade for DeAndre Ayton and not end up with like a one or number one or two pick. No, Pistons said all about it. For the vast majority of the 2010s, you had Andre Drummond, Blake Griffin. It was just never, they never committed. Exactly, right? So so, and, and it takes a lot of patience for ownership to do that. And so, and like for fans to go with it. So like y'all are super diehard about the Pistons. The Rockets go crazy for the worst team in the league. You know, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Um, so that being said, I am down on Killian Hayes. I think that I just don't see anything that he's going to be 
good at. I, I just see a bunch of things he might be okay at or or, or kind of good at, maybe slightly above average, but mostly just average across the board. So I feel like if he hits his ceiling, he's just going to be like maybe like a 13 point per game. I feel like his ceiling is Josh Christopher's relative floor. Maybe that's controversial, but um, but I will say I do think the Pistons have the best player, uh, but I but I think the Rockets are deeper and more versatile. So the Rockets have <clears throat> Jalen Green, right? You have an electric uh, wing score, prototypical like finesse, athleticism, shooting skill, finishing at the basket, finishing above the rim, uh, the ability to be a secondary playmaker as well. I mean, just all around crazy. You talked about the Herb Jones stuff. No disrespect to Herb Jones. Every team needs players like Herb Jones. Herb Jones helped the, the the Pelicans be a better team and get to the playoffs. Absolutely, of course. But again, and this is part of the reason Cade was my my rookie of the year. When you have that bonus on you and you're on a bad team and you have to do more with less talent around you and you're still able to you know do to produce at a level that keeps you competitive with everyone else, I think that outwins you know outwins the the traditional argument. And it was weird because this year everyone was like, oh, the the Raptors are winning, the Cavs are winning, like bro. That is not part of the calculus for rookie of the year, right? I know that the blog boys are trying to make it, (laughs) right? But, like, that is not a part of the calculus. So in any other year, I mean, no disrespect to Mobley or Barnes. I think think they were both absolutely worthy of rookie of the year, but I just feel like in most years it probably would have been Cade. But regardless, that being said, people want to Herb Jones over Jalen Green. If you really go back and look at it, man, Jalen Green had a bad January. He was up and down to start the season. His third game of the year, he had 30 points against the Celtics a couple weeks later, he had like 24 points with crazy step back threes in the clutch over Anthony Davis. Like he had some definite highs and he had some lows. And then he dropped 11 on the bulls in the first quarter. I was there. I think he was like four or four pulls his hammy. So he's out for like a month, month and a half. Then he comes back. No coincidence. He struggles. He comes out the gate hot and then struggles month of January, kind of, kind of leaning into the all-star break. Then after the all-star break for 24 games, he scored 22 points had three dimes, four boards, shot 38.7% from three on eight attempts per game, 47.6% overall from the field on 17 attempts per game. And I don't even, I don't have only a turnover and a half per game. I don't have the uh, efficiency numbers, but I'm almost positive that those TS percentage is in the high fifties, if not the low sixties. So, I mean, he was a force, you know? And so they have a dynamic score that can do it all from the wing. I'm including Kevin Porter Jr. in that core. He's 22 years old. He's young. I'm going to I'm going to say he gets it together and hits and the Kevin Porter Jr. that I just described at the end of last season translates into this season. And you see a guy that comes out and can give you 17 or 18 a night with like seven, somewhere between six and eight dimes a night um, and, and be like a real a real force. And if he really comes out hooping, he might score more than that. But we'll see which version we get. So you got those two. I'll exclude Jay Sean Tate, even though despite the fact that he's 25 or 26, he is only entering his third year in the NBA. So, so you could draw that parallel, but he's older. So I'll exclude him. If I included him, there'd be a huge plus for the Rockets. I'll exclude him. So you have those two. Alper and Shingun, I mean, look, he only got – the big thing with Shingun is he didn't get a chance to play a lot last season. He ended up, I think, at 20 minutes per game. But for most of the season, he was at 18 minutes per game, and he was in a very inconsistent bench role. He only started, what, I think 13 games on the season. But in some of these games, I mean, he posted crazy stat lines, like 19, 14, three dimes, two steals, and a block. 14, 15, 14, 15, four dimes, uh, 14, 11, five dimes. Like he's just 21, 14, two blocks, two steals. Like he just has the versatility to be the kind of big. Um, he actually blocks shots. People don't, people say his defense is bad, but he actually blocks a shot per game, like just under, it's like 0.9, like six or something like that. Um, very deceivingly good shot blocker, super creative. 
He can he can operate from the high post on the post. He can finish with both hands going both ways. He passes just a ton of potential with that kid. And he just turned 20 yesterday. So he might not be done growing. If he grows, then watch out. So you got those three. Obviously, they just drafted Jabari Smith. And this is the big thing I think that's different. Maybe I'm wrong. But I feel like Jabari Smith is a defensive presence that is so versatile, one through four, maybe even one through five, that the Pistons don't yet have that, which isn't a knock because it's, I mean, it's a unique thing no, to I have. Agree. I didn't even know Jabari was capable of that until I saw his ass play in the summer league. And I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. He's a defensive anchor and like a point of attack, like Wolf. It's crazy. Um, so, and then, I, yeah, the shooting, if the shooting translates, that's the other thing. The Pistons don't have shooting. Um, and I think the Rockets young core with Jalen, with Kevin Porter Jr., who, like I said, led the league in 48% catch and shoot three point. Um, on the season, Jalen Green, I uh, just said Jalen Green, sorry, Jabari Smith. Um, so I think they have like more shooting. Then you get Josh Christopher, prototypical combo guard to come off the bench and give you 13 a game. You know, some games he's going to go off for 25. Some games he's going to be like seven of 19, just that kind of guy. Um, but definitely like a, a piece that I think every contending team has, that guy that comes off the bench, gives you buckets, brings energy, brings tenacity. KJ Martin probably won't be around too much longer, but he's legit possibly the best dunker in the league, definitely one of the best dunkers in the league. I cannot remember anyone other than the greats of the great, like the Vince Carters that have that type of bounce. That kid's got crazy bounce. Like pay, pay attention to his bounce. It's ridiculous. Um, so what? Oh, Tari Eason. People might be asleep on Tari Eason. He was super versatile in the summer league, six, six and three quarters without shoes, six, eight with his shoes on seven, two wingspan, Kawhi type hands. He's going to be one of those guys that like, He's just going to be a, an engine, a do-it-all engine. So the, with him and with Jabari Smith, the Rockets injected like this culture, I think, of defense and like tough-mindedness that they've been lacking, especially with Christian Wood at the, at the five. So I think that gives them an edge. And then and then you factor in the, the guys that are more so role players, like a Garuba, right? Garuba's going to be a defensive guy, 6'8", 7'2", seven, seven, wingspan. going to be one of those guys that could probably give you like seven and six in like 18 minutes a night, but he makes like that unsung – you know, impact that you just don't see on the box score. And then Ty Ty Washington. Uh, Ty Ty Washington's really interesting. I think he fell in the draft because he got hurt and then he came back and played hurt and his numbers dipped. And I think that hurt his stock. If he if he had shut it down after getting hurt, I feel like he would have been a top 15 pick. But the Rockets got him at 29, actually as a part of the Christian Wood trade. They traded Christian Wood for Ty Ty Washington and I think two second round picks. Um, so with all that said, man, the Rockets have versatility. They have shooting. They address potentially point guard with Kevin Porter Jr., potentially or definitely shooting guard with Jalen Green, their their front court, Alperin Shangun and Jabari Smith. Um, and then you got guys like Tari Eason and Josh Christopher and Usman Garuba and KJ Martin in addition to all of that. So um, yeah, I think they I think they bring a stronger defensive identity. I think they're better at shooting. I think they have uh, just as much superstar potential and power between Cade and Jaden Ivey as between uh Kevin Porter Jr., Jalen Green, and then potentially guys like uh, Jabari Smith and Alperin Shingun, which is where I think the Pistons also are at a deficit in terms of just like having talent on the core. Their talent is more so guys like um, Isaiah Stewart, uh, Durant, Jalen Duran, guys that'll be like more so role players, right? Um, and just two bona fide stars. The 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 swing guy would be Sadiq Bey. If Sadiq Bey could, you know, I mean, he's on tra the trajectory to be a guy that could probably give you 18 or 19 a night and do it on good shooting and efficiency. So if he can be that guy, then that definitely vaults him into the conversation as well. But look, like I said, Rockets fans are super excited. Pistons fans are super excited. And uh, what we haven't even talked about is we're probably both going to be towards the bottom of the standings next season. Yep. And the 2023 draft class is supposed to be crazy. It's so stacked, yeah. 
right? So we'll both be adding another cherry on top, most likely, um, to what is already two pretty badass cores. So it should be fun. Absolutely. So we'll wrap it up there. I'll I'll add that I think there's two. I I agree with you about the versatility. Definitely, the Pistons don't have a guy who figures to be like a Jabari Smith who could potentially switch one through five like he can. Some people may argue Isaiah Stewart. I'm not going to make that argument. I think Jabari gives is more versatile defensively in that case than Isaiah Stewart is. I agree with that. Uh, I definitely would agree as well that you guys probably have the shooting edge as, with that. However, I think for me, for me, it's that one, I believe Cade will be the best player. I think that carries a lot of it. But then also the Pistons have a lot of guys who, like you said, will be at very least role players. I think there's two guys who will swing from at least for me in this argument, there's two guys that swing things and that's KPJ for you guys. If he, if he becomes like you said, what he was doing at the end of last year, I'll revisit this because then you guys will have like legit probably like two to three. If Jabari Smith pans out, you guys have three guys now who may be like all-stars kind of thing. So if KPJ figures out, he, I think he's the X factor for you guys in my argument. And then for our argument, the X factor, I don't think it's Sadiq Bay. I actually think Sadiq Bay has proven it. I think he's he's going to be at the very least like a 16, 17, 18 a guy, uh, stretch, uh, uh, a guy who can shoot from the wing, strong guy. I think he, he's proven that. I think the X factor for the Pistons actually is Killian Hayes. If his I knew you were going to say that. I think that's their their X factor. If he pans out in eventually, now he'd only played over like, I think it's 92 games now because he's dealt with that hip injury. If he pans out and he's able to bring what, well, I at least I believe I I like Killian. If he's able to bring what I think he can do, then I think he tips it majorly in the Pistons' favor because he was a seventh overall pick, and I have high hopes for him. However, if he continues to struggle and inconsistent and not doesn't find his footing in the league, I think that definitely hurts the Pistons that they drafted, wasted a high pick in Killian Hayes at seven. I think that would hurt their argument, and then you lose a piece. I mean, I'm sitting here saying the Pistons have like a seven to eight young core. If, if Killian falls out, that's a high draft pick that just completely falls out of your young core. That hurts. So I think he's the X factor for the Pistons. I think KPJ is the X factor for you guys in this argument. But like you've said, and like I've said repeatedly throughout the podcast, both these teams have incredible young cores. Both of them are going to be incredibly fun to watch this upcoming season and for years to come. And like you just said at the very end, it seems like both of us are going to be able to add a pretty decent prospect at the very least next year at the top of the draft. So let me let me clarify with Bay. I wasn't saying I was saying that he's I, I think he's a swing guy to be a star. So okay. I think he is what he is. Like at least right, he's proven like you said, sixteen, seventeen, a night type guy. But I'm saying there's a swing upside for him to potentially get like oh, you know twenty two sure, sure. a night or you know something like that. I will say, each team has someone that I think is potentially not an NBA player. For the Pistons, I think that is Killian Hayes. So that's a that's a that's a big swing. But like you said, you took him at seven for the Rockets. I think it's Usman Garuba. I, I like him. I think he fills his role, and I think he is an NBA player, but a lot of people would disagree, at least as of right now. Garuba was hurt. Uh, you just said Killian Hayes has been dealing with an injury as well. So we'll see. They're both still young, um, and Garuba was the 23rd pick. So, like, you know, he was the third pick for the Rockets in that draft. So much less importance placed on him. But, but yeah, otherwise I agree. Absolutely, man. So I appreciate you coming on the podcast, Roosh, man. This was a lot of fun, actually. Uh, I had a lot of fun. I hope you guys enjoyed it and enjoyed perspectives from – the Rockets fan base, uh, the Rockets perspective. I, if Rockets fans happen to listen to this, I'm sure some of them will. I hope you guys appreciate some of the insight from a Pistons perspective as well. We'll be checking out both teams. Thank you again, Roosh, for coming on. You guys can check out Roosh over on Twitter. 
at Bruce Williams. Check him out over there. I want to thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. Leave us a five-star review on the podcast platforms. And until the next podcast, I'll see you guys later. Stay safe, everybody, and go Pistons. I'm rocking with the teal. I'll catch you all later. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.